Hi, welcome to Meshi. I'm Keno, and my BTS bias is Jin, and my bias record is Yoongi. Hi, I'm Mizuki. Uh, my BTS bias is J-Hope and RM, and then my bias record is Taehyung. Hi, my name is Stephanie, and my BTS bias is V? I don't know, I couldn't choose. V? Yeah. Aww. Oh my god. Or Jungkook, but <laughs> that's not that's not really a personality thing, I think he's just the best looking. No, honestly, that's where everyone starts, so... Oh, okay, okay. Welcome. <laughs> I think RM is the prettiest. Oh, interesting. He's kind of obnoxious. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Miz. I don't like... Miz has said repeatedly over the past couple weeks <laughs> that she's very anxious that some army is going I'm to... So scared. Like, dox us or something. So, army, please don't dox us. I'm terrified. We introduced ourselves with our <laughs> biases. We are all armies. No, we are not. I am army. <laughs> Steph is like future army. Miz is like I'm a retired army. Miz is like one of those people who like join the military and then become super illusioned with it and then leave. <laughs> you found out what goes on in Afghanistan. <laughs> Can I get like a 10 second primer on like everyone's perceived personalities? Okay, so there's seven of them. Oh, I can name all seven. I can do that. Oh, cool. Do it from memory. Can you do it by their ages? No. <laughs> Why does that matter? It matters because Korean culture. Oh, yeah, I guess it does matter by their age, but whatever. You're the Korean person. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there's RM, Jin, V, J-Hope, Jungkook, Suga, and is Jimin the last one? Yeah. I got them all. I'm a fan. Congratulations. I'm ARMY. <laughs> okay, should we... Just go over them briefly from oldest to youngest. Yeah, let's do it. So Jin is the oldest and he's like, I guess, similar to me in that he's very loud <laughs> and talks a lot. And he's like the big brother. And then next is Yoongi, who is our sugar. And he's like, looks really evil on the surface, but is actually soft. Oh, do people call him Yoongi? Yeah, people call them by their like actual names and not their stage names. Once you get comfortable with BCS, people start calling them with their like, actual names and oh, not stage interested. names. That's like the next level. Then there's J-Hope, and he's like the very bubbly one, very energetic. And then there's RM, who's the leader, and he speaks English, so he represents the group. But he has like no home skills, like he can't drive, <laughs> and he can't cook, and he's like very clumsy. And then it's Jimin. I feel like he has a very ethereal energy. He's like a very good dancer, and he's very stylish, and wears pointy boots all the time. And mm -hmm. and then there's Taehyung. Is that V? Yeah, that's V. Oh, he's my favorite. He's like very disinterested, it feels. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to be here. Well, I think you said you liked him the most a couple months ago because I said that he was the one who hates Americans the most. <laughs> the fans have like a Taehyung check so you can see where he's visibly displeased about wherever he is and he's not having it. Whereas the other members are very content to like, at least on the surface, look like they're having a good time. And he's just like, no. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, I also like that. And then Jungkook's the youngest and he's like the baby of the group. He's very good at things naturally. So he's like good at all the games they do and he's very athletic. Um, 
probably more so than the rest of them. So he's like carries them around all the time and is super buff. Oh, he's like the himbo of the group. Okay, yeah, he's, he was my second favorite. <laughs> when I was watching the interview that you sent, I was like, "Who's that one?" <laughs> I made Steph watch the famous. You know the interview where it's just them talking in English the whole time. Um, I put sticker on my carrier oh, oh, and like, that one. yeah. <laughs> what's what's the food that you like that you can't get in Korea? Cheeseburgers. Yeah, and I also made her watch the Run VTS episode where they do like the Avatar Chef episode. You might not have seen it. It's one of the newer ones. I haven't seen a Run BTS since 2018. So oh wow, I'm very behind. But um, yeah, Run BTS is like their own variety show that they made because bts doesn't really go on regular variety shows in korea because i think they've had like a bad experience so they made their own so it was kind of a way for them to like protect themselves from the regular shows and tv stations where they can't really control the setting i see yeah what did you think of the bts episode stuff i thought it was needlessly complex in terms of the rules they were split into two teams and then two of them were cooking and one of them was like in another room giving instructions through a walkie-talkie but then he would alternate which person he was talking to to give instructions and so one person was receiving the instructions and telling the other how to do it and they had to like switch on and off every two minutes (laughs) i was like this is really complicated run bts is such a weird show to me because korean variety shows are obviously like their own separate genre but From my experience with game shows, you test out the games in advance and, you know, you adjust for like what seems the best to work on TV and you edit accordingly. I mean, obviously the vehicle is BTS, right? Like the game isn't the important part. Like you can watch the show passively and just enjoy that they're hanging out. But at the same time, it's completely wild to me that it's as if the directors and the producers just make up the rules as they go and seem to have no idea what's going on. And so it's always insanely complicated like the rules don't make any sense yeah there's like two types of armies there's the one that will pause the video and read the instructions of the game and then the (laughs) other type of army is they won't read the instructions they'll try to figure it out as bts is playing the game and i'm the latter so i will not read the instructions same who has time to read i'm the former (laughs) before we get into the stuff controversial question but as i was watching i was thinking who's gonna be the one to break up the group oh i don't think k-pop groups break up in the same way that western groups do because it's you're in a relationship with the company so it's more like tv right where your contract ends and then you mutually decide whether you're going to leave or not and since bts is all signed i mean i think right now they're they renewed their contract until 26 dang that's so far so it's more like we have until 2026 and then we collectively decide whether we want to keep doing this or not. I think it might be useful to talk a little bit about Korea and mm-hmm. what we call the Hallyu wave. So basically in the 90s, Korea was starting to face an economic downturn and Korean drama started to get really popular in China. And the government was basically like, this is a really good opportunity for us to market our cultural production to other countries. So we should really take advantage of this and pool all our resources into propagating Korean culture, first in East Asia, and then later on Western Europe and the United States. Apparently it started when the former president of Korea heard that the release of Jurassic Park's like the movie's export revenue was equal to the export sale of 1.5 million Hyundai cars. And so he was like, oh shit, 
it's like a really good opportunity to like <laughs> use movies as a way to um, make a lot of money for our country. So it's like a twofold thing, right? They can make a lot of money and also make Korea look good abroad. So they make all these new departments in the government, and this is like a way for us to invest in, you know, movies, music, broadcasting. And then they also have big electronics companies supporting them. So, you know, as broadcasting gets more popular and then later as the internet gets more popular, they have all this capital coming in so they can make all these new projects and investments. And on top of that, the cultural institutions of Korea and the government rely on each other. And so this is when K-pop agencies or management companies start to get really important because they're a big way to export music abroad. So in Korea, they work hand in hand with the government? It's kind of advantageous for everyone, right? Like the government gives resources to the arts industries. The arts industries produce K-pop stars and celebrities. And the media also benefits because these famous people start conversations like gossip. And, you know, there's all these things working in conjunction with each other. The point I'm trying to make is that it's all very intentional. Like it's not something that just came up organically. Mm. But yeah, I think it's interesting that the government recognizes that cultural power is so important. I mean, now BTS contributes a huge chunk of tourism revenue. It's not an insignificant amount. Why is it tourism that contributes? Is it like people are like, I like BTS, so now I have to go to Korea to see things unrelated to BTS? Yeah, it's like everything they touch is things that fans like. They also did the tourism campaign for Seoul. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, I just googled and it's 7.6%. Wow, (laughs) that's so much. Yeah. (laughs) They're responsible for 7.6% of foreign tourists who visit South Korea, and BTS is responsible for contributing 1.7% of total Korean consumer goods export. Oh my god. This is more relevant these days than in the past, but there's also this practice of recruiting foreigners for K-pop. So my not favorite Blackpink is... (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna have the blinks after you. Um, yeah, I'm more scared of ARMY than I am of Blinks, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so going abroad and recruiting foreign talent is also a way for other countries to have an affinity toward their own idol who goes to Korea and performs in a group. So, you know, Blackpink is pretty representative of this because Rosé is from Australia and then Lisa's from Thailand. So, you know, if you go to Thailand, like everyone is like obsessed with her. So if you have K-pop idols from different countries, that's another way to have this relationship with other countries through K-pop. So it's a relatively new genre of music and people divide K-pop into generations. And the first generation started with this group called Sotejian Boys. And they were kind of like the first K-pop group. So the first generation started in the early 1990s to around the 2000s. And so you have other groups like H.O.T., Rain. Oh, I know him. Rain is very famous. And then you have the second generation who kind of popularized K-pop. And so that second generation is from around early 2000s to late 2000s. So like 2009, 2010-ish. So there you have groups coming up like TVXQ, Big Bang, Wonder Girls, 21, Super Junior, Girls' Generation, Shiny. So these are like the groups that were famous or really popular when we were, I think, in middle school. These are the ones I know. Yeah, these are the ones I started with as well. And then you have the third generation, and that's from around 
the early 2010s to the late 2010s. So the third generation is the groups I think that people know the most because I think this is when K-pop started to become popular outside of Korea. And so this is where BTS comes in. And then you also have groups like Blackpink, EXO, TWICE, Red Velvet, GOT7, NCT, etc. And then now we are in the fourth generation of K-pop. So the fourth generation includes the very new groups like ITZY and Stray Kids, TXT. The babies. Yeah, the babies who were born in like 2003. (laughs) It's horrifying. So in K-pop, the the agencies and the management company plays a really big role. And up until recently, the three biggest companies that had dominated the K-pop market used to be SM Entertainment, YG, and JYP. And the CEOs and the president, these guys are very famous. Like they used to be like former stars or something. But they're all still very much involved in the creative process for every group that they put out. And this is why BTS's success is so rare in K-pop, because BTS is not from one of the big three. They're from Big Hit, which was a very small company, but now they're, I think, the biggest company in K-pop. So Big Hit's CEO is called Bang PD, and he used to work at JYP, I think. But then he left and founded his own company. And Bang PD's idea for BTS was that he was going to create a hip-hop group. The popular narrative of BTS's birth is like Bang PD met RM. And RM at the time was an underground rapper and he was very impressed by RM. So then he was like, oh, you should join Big Hit. And then from there he created BTS. But the idea was at first it was going to be a hip-hop band, but it, it later turned into a group where they do rapping, singing, and dancing like the other groups. So it initially started out with just the three rappers. So it was... Yeah. RM, Suga, J-Hope. And Bang PD told Yoongi, I promise you'll never have to dance. This is just <laughs> hip-hop. And he was like, okay, in that case, I'll join. And then fast forward a bit and they're like jk they recruited four singers yeah and they're like just kidding you're gonna have to dance all the time <laughs> is that why he looks so angry all the time <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> so bts debuted on june 13th 2013 their first song was no more dream and then in the same album they had a second single and that was we are bulletproof part two so yeah let's watch the music video for we are bulletproof too So I'll just say that BTS started with a heavily hip-hop influenced concept. It's so funny watching this now. Click click bang bang. So they have a lot of guns and armor type concept stuff. So BTS originally stands for Bantang Sonyeondan, which means Bulletproof Boy Scouts. And their original logo used to be like a bulletproof vest. And their idea is that BTS is like our bulletproof vest. They will protect young people from bad adults in society. Interesting. And it ties into Big Hit as a company because Big Hit's slogan was music and artists for healing. 
So BTS kind of plays into that too with this healing idea where they are supposed to protect us. Their first songs are very like anti-establishment, going against the expectations of society. And this wasn't new apparently. This is like a thing that was already in the K-pop market with groups like BAP and Block B. Yeah, because when you think anti-establishment, you think Supreme. <laughs> are they wearing Supreme? Yeah, like a lot. <laughs> Wait, can we watch the Bapse performance? Yeah, this is right when BTS started gaining popularity and they kind of came out of their hip-hop heavy concept and more into like a softer concept about youth and teenage angst and growing up. <laughs> Bapse is one of the songs from their album during their Young Forever era. I just think it's emblematic because the lyrics are very... Can you say political? They're like, these adults are pushing us down. But the English title for Bebsay is Silver Spoon. So I think it's talking about people who are privileged. It's kind of like, don't underestimate us. Because BTS very famously did not come from the big three. And so they started with nothing and they grew into something really, really big. That's also another reason why people like BTS is because of their underdog origin story. I think also another thing that's unique about BTS is that they produce their own music. Um, yes, but they're not pioneers of that. But yeah, I agree. That's an appeal of BTS is that they produce their own music and write their own lyrics. I mean, there's like a lot to criticize about the K-pop management agency system. If you're a trainee, you get picked up when you're really young and you just have to work in these really brutal conditions, right? And you work for years. If you're unlucky for zero payoff, you either get fired or you have a K-pop group that doesn't go anywhere. So then you're done. If you do get famous, then you have these other pressures, right? You're still contracted to a company and they still have the final say on your career what your artistic choices are going to be like what kind of audience you're going to appeal to and you're supposed to have this parasocial relationship with your fans and in turn you get no privacy you can't date you have to be a certain weight i think bts is probably still very limited in a lot of ways by their company in the same way that other K-pop groups are. But I think they're unique by this point to the extent that they have a lot of their own power. Like they make so much money and as individuals, they're so popular. So it's not like the fans are ever loyal to the company first and foremost, obviously, but Big Hit has to be responsive to what BTS wants as well. And I think that kind of plays into their whole like artistic trajectory and like their own songwriting and producing. Like in theory, at the very least, they control their image to an extent. They get to, you know, have a hand in planning out what their careers look like. That I'm sure like a lot of other, even very popular groups don't have. The main appeal of BTS is that they're super authentic. Or the idea is that they're always themselves on and off camera. And that was the idea of their Twitter account. BTS is kind of the pioneers of using social media to their advantage to talk to fans directly. And that was kind of playing into their authenticity. That's one of the reasons why people really like BTS. And now you have all these other K-pop groups with their own social media accounts where they can talk to fans and interact with them. They gained popularity in 2015, 2016, and they 
straight away from heavy hip hop, they started doing these narrative concepts. So if we look at I Need You, which is like a five minute, 30 second video, <laughs> um, because it includes like a whole narrative sequence in the beginning. It's kind of mysterious. So it lets the fans kind of come up with their own storylines. You know, they have to keep watching the videos to figure out what everything means. And BTS didn't start doing this, the narrative concept. It already existed in K-pop, but I think it's fair to say that BTS popularized it because everyone else after that started doing the same thing. So they want you to write like fan fiction? Yeah, ARMY on Tumblr, they write fan theories about each video. And because each video connects to the other, they can make up their own stories. One of the interesting things I was reading when it comes to like the Hayu wave and K-pop fandom in general is like these fans produce like a huge amount of labor for the company. It is in the best interests of companies to tease these kinds of things and like have the fans do the work of propagating their messaging. A lot of fans spend a lot of their time working on fan pages or their Twitter accounts and like it results in this power dynamic between the company and the fans where the company is able to get literally millions of teens to start these campaigns in service of the member that they like or what's been happening with the second wave of k-pop is because of the internet fan communities and fan cultures are what popularize k-pop right it's not just the companies so these fans also feel like a sense of ownership about their own identification with the group and like the kind of labor they put into it. I mean, the mobilizing power, I think, is really amazing and fascinating at the same time. Last year, the police in Dallas, I think, were trying to get people to send them information for tips on BLM protesters. And then all the K-pop stands flooded their servers with fan cams. BTS donated or like on behalf of Big Hit donated a million dollars to BLM and then the fans matched the million dollars. I think it's very impressive. It's it's sorry to be like cynical, but it feels weird to like do this in service of Big Hit. I don't disparage the power of teenage girls to do things. It's really cool to like be into a boy band and support them and tweet about them. Like I don't think that's bad at all. Like I think you should do it. But at the same time, it's in service of a company ultimately. I don't want to invest so much of my energy in supporting what is now Hybe. And a lot of Twitter campaigns I see for fans are like, let's try to get this video or this track to a certain number of hits and like let's all watch the newest BTS video together as soon as it comes out so we can break some world records. And it's like, great, okay, but BTS doesn't need you to do this. <laughs> I'm sure they're very, like, delighted that their fans are so passionate, but they're millionaires many times over. They don't need your help. Yeah, see, this is the thing. Like, BTS started out not millionaires, so it made sense when they were still coming up. But now that they're, like, super rich i think it's different now the dynamic is very different but i feel like at the same time it's not about supporting them financially the big hit thing aside it's like oh i'm supporting bts my favorite boy band now i'm supporting right. bts so that i can make them money so they can be successful financially i feel like a lot of people wouldn't make that leap even if it is what they're doing oh i just meant more like in terms of cultural power i guess not just money if their latest single gets more hits it's not like 
BTS is going to make that much more money. It's more like they're going to break another world record and become even more prominent than before. And there was like this whole thing with stands who think that BTS has been unjustly shunned by Western media because of, I don't know, racism. I don't think it's really racism, honestly, as much as like American people don't like to listen to music that they don't understand. (laughs) The reason why foreign songs don't get radio plays is because... They don't know what the words mean. Obviously, race plays a part in everything, but I don't think it's like, oh, they're Koreans, therefore we won't want to play their songs. It's like, people who aren't armies will not understand what's going on here. But like, I think Stans took their Grammy snub as like a huge affront because they were like, well, they're the biggest band in the world. Like, how could they not get a Grammy? And I'm like, that's not exactly how that works. Yeah, they're like, oh, BTS didn't get a Grammy, so the Grammys must be racist. Yeah. <laughs> I think it goes back to that like Oscars and Parasite thing where it's like the Grammys are still an American award. Yeah. Yes, BTS getting the Grammy is like a sign that they're super popular even abroad, but how much does it really matter to them? I think the thing is that the fans aren't wrong in the sense that the Grammys are a racist institution. Obviously, the Grammys have had a long history of being racist toward Black artists, but I would find it very difficult to argue that the reason why BTS didn't win this one Grammy was because of racism. Like, you can't draw a direct line to that. A, Dynamite was not the best song ever made. And B, the Grammys aren't an indicator of what is good or bad in music anyway. Like, a lot of people don't even take them seriously. So... It's very different from like one of those billboard awards where your audience matters or the number of hits you get matters. The Grammys are like their own separate weird thing, like the Oscars. I'm sure they'll they'll win one eventually, but I don't think that would be any evidence of... Like the Grammys would just serve to reinforce their cultural power, not be evidence of how successful they are. Can you imagine being a fan of one of the most popular groups in the world and thinking they're like underrated or snubbed? Well, to talk of their trajectory so after they did their young forever era they had their wings era which is a continuation of their young forever era but it's exploring more of like darker themes of teenage angst and then they went into love yourself era where the message was all like oh you should love yourself and then you'll be okay they've gone from being this like really rough hip-hop group to a very soft love yourself group Love Yourself is kind of where they started going more towards the West in terms of the market. And so they started collaborating with Western artists and started releasing English versions of their songs with Mic Drop. And then Boy With Love with Halsey. Yeah, but BTS is now releasing more songs in English. Was Dynamite their first one? I think so. Yes, our favorite song, Dynamite. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) I like it. Such haters. I mean, as a person that got into BTS because of their music, I stopped following bts after love yourself tier because i didn't feel connected to their music anymore but they seem to be happy with this trajectory of going into the western market and trying to win a grammy so good for them and good for all the armies (laughs) 
The thing with Dynamite was I thought it was a weird track to add to B, their latest album, because the stated purpose of Dynamite was to bring people a bit of levity in COVID times when things have been Mm -hmm. pretty shitty, which I can understand. But like, you know, the real reason Dynamite exists is to create a machine engineered song to appeal to as wide of a demographic as possible in international markets, which it did very successfully. It's a catchy song that has absolutely no substance whatsoever. And it was like one of my most played on Spotify last year. But it was like a weird add-on to B because I feel like B was supposed to be an album about their like deeper feelings that they had during quarantine and like mm-hmm. what they were going through. And then they just tacked on Dynamite at the end. <laughs> I think they really should have just left it as a single and just been like, yeah, we'd made this song for English speakers. And then we have this other album that's like our actual project and process. I, I just don't think that in terms of like an album concept, it meshed very effectively. Especially since like BTS is a group that is so utterly focused on album concepts. Yeah, I mean, now that they've set winning a Grammys as their goal... To me, these songs just sound like a generic pop song that was created for the purpose of trying to win a Grammy. And as a former fan, it is very disappointing to me that it has come to this. Like, when did it become about winning awards? And maybe it was always about that, but it's just, to me, I'm sad. But it's just a personal thing. I get that. But like, I'm a bit conflicted because it's a little bit like well, what did you expect? Obviously, like your personal feelings are your own and no amount of reasoning or politicking is going to change how you instinctively feel about some piece of artwork that you're passionate about. But the express purpose of K-pop is to make money. Mm. Even though like the intention was to have a specific aesthetic or like a specific message, ultimately they work for a company and the goal of the company is to make money. So if you find new tactics to make the company and yourself more money. To me, it feels kind of weird to be like, well, why would they change when the logical progression is to change, right? Because the goal is to become more powerful. Yeah. So I get your personal feelings, but in the world, capitalistic world that we live in, I'm like, why not? (laughs) Well, listen, I understand that, but Big Hit was music and artists for healing, and BTS was bulletproof boys, and they were supposed to protect us from society. But now they just want to hang out with Justin Bieber. And how am I supposed to feel about that? No, those feelings are perfectly valid. For the uninformed, Hybe has recently bought out Ithaca Holdings, which is Scooter Braun, who is Justin Bieber's manager's company. So now we've reached the point where it's like globalization at its finest, where Big Hit is just eating up other companies. Now Big Hit is so powerful that they're just like venturing into other realms. They are building a stadium, I think, in Korea uh, because I guess there are too many BTS fans so they just don't have stadiums big enough to hold them all. And part of the reason why they're called Hive now is because they're trying to distance themselves from the Big Hit name. So Big Hit is their music arm. And then Hive as a whole is supposed to be so they can diversify. So they want to go into real estate or like other ventures, I guess. And then on top of that, they now have this American market through Ithaca, which also has Ariana Grande and a couple of like Jay Balvin is also Ithaca, I think. Wait, so Ariana Grande is owned by Hybe? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Stephanie's an Ariana Grande stan, so you've been subsumed into the big hit family. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You can anticipate BTS 
featuring Ariana, or would it be the other way around? Ariana featuring BTS. I feel like it would be BTS featuring Ariana because there's one of her and seven of them. Yeah, but now we reach the present and we are at what we would call butter era. I mean, Butter is the same song as Dynamite. Like, it hits the exact same beats. And you can tell because when people put it on TikTok, they, like, remix the two together and it still sounds like one song. Is it even an era? Because it's just a single, right? The stands are calling it Butter Era. How are the eras established? Oh, like album eras. Oh. And they have whole concepts behind the album. It's just like a theme. Like, what's your vibe for this album? Yeah, I get that. I guess I'm just thinking about an era or an album centered around butter that seems weird <laughs> it goes hand in hand with their mcdonald's thing like butter wait we got to talk about their brand collaborations yeah let's do it so another thing that bts has been doing is collaborating with brands we're recording this at the end of may and as of last week they've recently started a new mcdonald's campaign where there's like a bts meal which i was really excited for but as it turns out it's literally just a coke fries and 10 piece chicken nugget with two (laughs) special sauces well everyone went super hard for the rick and morty szechuan sauce which i think is cringier than this but the bts meal is it available in japan no because japan is doing like this 50th anniversary of mcdonald's in japan promotion or something so this is why i am not able to get the bts set yeah so you gotta order it online then Yeah, go on eBay and buy the paper bag for $15. I mean, I ordered the t-shirt and... Oh my god. Yeah, I know. I know you would get mad at me. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I ordered ordered the t-shirt and the stickers and the masking tape. In my defense, my love for McDonald's runs deeper than my love for BTS. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, Steph knows. If McDonald's had released cute masking tape five years ago, I would have bought it anyway. So... The fact that my two singular interests have combined (laughs) to make a merchandise is the only reason why I have jumped on this bandwagon. BTS has so many many different collaborations. Like, they work with Samsung. They work with Hyundai. It's for their new electric vehicle or something. It's called the Ionic, but it's supposed to be, like, an eco-friendly option. And so it's, like, a lot of pictures of, like, rainfall and trees and stuff. And I'm like, it's a new car. How fucking eco-friendly could that shit be? You know, <laughs> a car is a car. I... <laughs> it's like crypto. Maybe someone should make a BTS coin. Does that exist yet? <laughs> I'm sure they already exist. Oh, I better not say that because someone will fucking make it. <laughs> but I always find it so funny when Namjoon brings up whatever brand he's supposed to be promoting in an interview. <laughs> There's like a video where it's like a little quiz and they raise their hands for whatever fashion item they prefer or something it was like do you prefer leather shoes or sneakers or something and then namjoon goes "Phila," and i'm like stop simping for your company just be chill he's being a good worker (laughs) if you really want to look at it big picture like bts are workers so solidarity with (laughs) bts you're canceled I don't know about other places, but I feel like my observation of Korea has always been like, they do so many celebrity collaborations. I feel like there's a celebrity spokesperson for anything and everything. I've seen one for toilet paper. I think Japan does it too. There's still like a a need for companies to work with celebrities to get their products out. But yeah, I mean, they do a lot of collabs. 
It's another way for them to make money. Yeah, and one thing I discovered since becoming a fan is that merch culture is so big in K-pop. So when you buy an, I guess like the albums come. It's not just like the CD. Like you get a whole booklet, and then it has basically what amounts to like a credit card sized. piece of cardboard in it with a random idol's face on it and then when you open the album booklet it has the photo so the fans want to collect all the different photo cards but if there are say seven members of bts you will need to buy seven albums or trade with other people or buy them there's like a whole secondary market for this but that's a huge investment they're so expensive well that's why uh fans like me only Watch the K-pop unboxing videos. Yeah. Never get the actual album. <laughs> so I looked up the price on Amazon, and the B album is four thousand yen. What? Oh, that's really expensive. So forty dollars, I guess, rough thirty-five dollars. Imagine trying to get one of these in high school when you have no money. <laughs> I know. I'm like, do all these TikTok children have really wealthy parents who like buy them albums? I have never bought an album in my life. When I was a kid, I would rent CDs from the rental store, and then I would burn <laughs> them onto my computer. Oh my god! <laughs> On the topic of like children buying merch, there's so many YouTubers who make content for like middle school boys and then sell them tons and tons of merch. And it's like, how are these kids just asking their parents for like? Their credit card to buy like Jake Paul merchandise. It's very weird <laughs> that your whole business model is exploiting thirteen-year-olds. Obviously, you don't have to buy things in order to be a fan of someone. But with K-pop, it seems to be like intrinsically associated with merch. Yeah, because it's not just one album. There's an album, and then they come out with an album repackage, and then there's usually like four versions of the same album. So you have to get all of those, and it's just a lot of stuff to buy. The kids on YouTube or TikTok have binders full of photo、mm. cards. It's like Pokemon cards, but it's BTS. <laughs> but it's like Pokemon cards, but you can't even like fight them. I think the thing that throws me off the most about all of that, though, is like the idea of people buying physical albums still, like CDs. I feel like that has actually ironically led to like a resurgence in the sale of CD players. <laughs> Maybe physical copies are still how they make their money, so it's still very important. To all the groups. I mean, the way J-pop does it for like AKB is you can vote your favorite member to the top, so they're ranked. Oh、and、my so, gosh! Yeah, it's wild. So you buy albums, and each album has like a ticket or something that you can use to register your favorite member. What people do is they'll buy like thirty, forty albums, and they'll just open the CDs and take the votes out, and then. Vote for their favorite, but you know, to the company, that's just an extra thirty, forty CDs sold. In my mind, that's like analogous to buying those animal crackers with the rock paper scissors, not eating the crackers, but opening the box to just like <laughs> play more rock paper scissors. That was me with the Pokemon bread, and they have the little Pokemon sticker inside. And you would not eat the bread because the bread is disgusting, but the <laughs> stickers are really cute, so you would do that. And then my mom would get really mad. I guess that's what we wore as kids, right? Like we were trying、yeah. to buy the Pokemon bread, and now the kids are trying to buy BTS albums. <laughs> but the Pokemon bread costs two hundred yen, and the BTS albums、yeah. cost. Fifty dollars. <laughs> I know you've explained this to me already, Kenna. But like, what's the BTS ranking in terms of popularity? I think it's based on like web traffic, but I think generally speaking, it fluctuates. But BTS is always the top. So it's like BTS, 
Blackpink, I guess. Mm-hmm. Twice. And then twice, yeah. Oh, so they go by groups? There's like a group ranking and then individuals all and then individuals by gender. But BTS is like always the top four, all of them. And then I think within BTS, it's usually like Jungkook is at the top and Taehyung, Jimin, Yoongi, Jin, Namjoon, J-Hope. So I'm basic. Yeah, I mean, obviously it changes depending on the week or the mood of the internet but that's what i've seen i have to change mine now so people think i'm unique (laughs) (laughs) so is there like more interfighting than there is unity i actually think that's kind of evolved from the spiritual father of bts standing which is 1d standing Mm. 1D had the faction of girls who were like fighting over their, you know, internet boyfriend. That's like the typical, like stereotypical version of what I think people negatively see as like stan culture, especially with teenage girls. But I think 1D also had that thing where girls would picture the 1D members to be in like relationships with each other. Oh, that's so you know? weird. Shipping. Oh yeah, shipping. What was the most popular one? Uh, Harry and Louie. I think there was like a tweet from... Harry to Louie. I think it's the sixth most retweeted tweet oh of all time. It's really platonic too. It's just like, yeah, you're my best bud or something. And then fans took it and ran with it. If you go to a list of most retweeted tweets, it's six. It's always in my heart at Harry Styles. You're sincerely Louie. And it has 2.8 million retweets. That's cute. I mean, it's nice. I don't think that Harry... Styles and Louis Tomlinson were in a relationship. I mean, from what I've seen of the internet, I feel like the general attitude of ARMY has been more like, we collectively support BTS and we're not trying to like fight over them as internet boyfriends. Like we support them as the other half of BTS. Part of BTS's identity is really so central to talking about their fan culture. Like they're always like, we wouldn't exist without ARMY. So I think fans feel like it is their responsibility to be respectful they're in this together bts and army go hand in hand like that's another appeal for bts they treat army as not their fans but more like their friends there's no fighting about like internet boyfriend because that's not something you're supposed to do with bts people will bash you if you try to treat them as their boyfriend or whatever but i think there is infighting about sometimes one faction of army will get super overprotective and try to go on doxing campaigns of someone who said something remotely mm. critical of BTS and then the majority of army will be like don't do that that's disrespectful to BTS <laughs> it's like whatever is in the best interest of BTS is what people are fighting over more so than this is my internet boyfriend and not your internet boyfriend who came up with ARMY? Was it like a fan thing or like a BTS? The groups usually come up with a name and then it's like a whole thing. Like they announce it with a YouTube video. Oh. It stands for like adorable representatives, something, something of youth. That's a nice cover. It's about militarism. It's unfortunate that their concept was like ARMY and like military and like bombs and stuff. <laughs> Should we talk about the military? Yeah, so we were talking before about the the power of BTS. The amount they contribute to the economy is so big that the Korean government decided to change their military enlistment laws for BTS. So yeah, every Korean male 
has to enlist in the military for about a year or to two years by the age of 28. But Jin, who's the oldest, hit his 28th birthday last year. And a week before he turned 28, the Korean government was like, hey, unrelated to anything, but we've decided to have this new law where if you're a part of a significant cultural outfit, say, like BTS, you can theoretically extend your military enlistment date by two years. And so Jin doesn't have to enter the military until he turns 30. It's like a really big deal for the groups and their fans that eventually they're all going to have to enlist. And typically they just leave when they're of age and then they go one by one. BTS is going to have to do that at some point, And they've all stated publicly that they're not looking to have some sort of exemption. You can get exemptions under certain circumstances like you... Flat feet. If you have an injury leaves you unable to serve or if you have a medal i think if you medal in a national sports game you can i think it's any olympic medal and then you have to get a gold at the asia games and i think that that soccer player the really popular one didn't you know you know the one who plays for uh what's it tottenham son he was exempted from military service because he got a gold medal at the Asian Games, but he still had to do basic military training. But yeah, apparently this has been like an ongoing point of contention where people have complained that, you know, K-pop stars do so much for Korean society that like the Korean government should grant them exemptions. Like why do sports stars get to skip their military service if they've accomplished a certain, like if they've gotten a gold medal or if they've gone to the Olympics, but K-pop stars can't. Maybe that's why they're so obsessed with the Grammy. Maybe if they win a Grammy. But I think BTS is kind of determined to go because there's like a stigma against people who don't do the service. Like you're Mm. looked down upon if you don't do it. Yeah, it's like you're a coward or whatever. (laughs) Everyone does it. But I thought it was amazing how close they passed that law to Jin's birthday. Keeping ARMY on their toes. Do you think they should go one by one or all at once? I think they're all going to go together. Because if they go one at a time, then they won't have a full group for a long, long time because they have a five-year age gap between Jin and Jungkook, who's the youngest. And if they actually go when they're supposed to enlist, then they just won't have BTS in their in its entirety for... I mean, like, I think their staying power, even for BTS, is finite, right? So my theory is that it seems better to get it out of the way together, let the fans suffer for a year or so, and then have them all come back victorious. Maybe the solution is to just get rid of national service altogether, and then we can thank BTS for that. Yeah, I think the service has always been like a a wall for the longevity of boy groups in general. And maybe that's why Big Hit or Hybe is now expanding like world domination so that they can sustain themselves while bts are in their military service but also like companies take other tactics to kind of work around that military system and i think this is where nct's storyline comes into play half of their members are not korean nationals so they don't have to go to the military service But the original idea for NCT was a graduation system, kind of in the way that AKB works, which is like at a certain age, they graduate and then they will be replaced by younger trainees. So that establishes like a longevity of the group as a whole, even though you have members coming in and out, the group is sustained 
And so the fans are more loyal to the group versus the individual artist in that group. But that didn't work for NCT. The fans got really, really mad when they tried to graduate a member. I think that's just like a real blind spot on behalf of the company to think that the fans would be more loyal to the group as a whole instead of the individual members. (laughs) Why else would you be a fan? It would be so weird if some members of BTS were just like replaced by some random dudes and then they were like, well, it's still BTS. But it's like, (laughs) no, that's not why I like them. I think it has to do with probably the number. Like, probably it wouldn't work for BTS because there's only seven. Like, AKB has, like, 48 members. So it's like, who cares if one of them just right. leaves? Like, the other 47 are there, so... 48? Can you name all of them? They don't need backup dancers because they're their own backup dancers. Yeah. <laughs> but the CEO of SM, Isuman, has been trying to get this graduation system going, but it has just never worked for him. Like, he tried it first with Super Junior, and then EXO was supposed to be, like, that kind of, but then, and then NCT Dream, but all of them have failed. Yeah, I mean, also, I think part of it might just have to be with the fact that, like, AKB is primarily, like, an objectification-based sport, right? So if one of the hot girls leaves, you can replace the hot girl with a different hot girl. But I think part of the appeal of these K-pop groups is their personalities and how they interact with their fellow groupmates. So in that sense, it's like a total misread to be like, oh, we could so easily replace them with a different hot boy. If the companies are being savvy, they need to be aware of what the fans want because like BTS says like they're like an essential part of the whole machine right it's important to respect the fan culture is there anything else we want to talk about weavers you didn't talk about weavers oh weavers oh I love weavers well so last episode we were talking about like distribution and like ownership well First, explain what Weverse is. Weverse is a platform made by Big Hit. So it's ostensibly a way for fans to connect with their favorite K-pop artists. And that's where BTS posts episodes of Run BTS. And they also have archives of their old TV shows. Recently, BTS made In the Soup, which is like a little six to eight episode show where they all just go glamping for a couple days, which is really cute. And I highly recommend it. It's like 3,600 yen to buy, but you can't download the file. So like on Netflix nowadays, you can click download on a lot of movies and TV shows and watch them on your phone. But on Weverse, they're only available on streaming. And so I'm like, I can't believe I paid $30 to stream a TV show that I can't even watch on my phone unless I use data. I don't know what it is about Big Hit or maybe these korean media companies specifically but big hit is very good at keeping stuff behind paywalls so obviously it's very important to them that all the fans are paying individually to see these programs and not just sharing them i mean 3600 yen is what three months of netflix to watch one series of one show even on the old days of itunes like episodes of tv shows were like a dollar 99 yeah Because of COVID, they've been doing streaming concerts and they're doing one next month. It's like 5,000 yen to stream. Oh my God. And then they're doing it for two days. So if you want to stream both days, it's like 8,000 yen. Jesus. How much money do they need? And I'm sure like the numbers are in the millions for people who stream. So yeah, they're making a lot of money. Wait, so Weverse is different from VLive? 
Oh, they're kind of the same now. I think they're getting merged eventually. VLive is the platform where the artists will do live streams. So it's like Twitch, but for K-pop artists. So occasionally they'll pop online and just hang out with their fans and you can type in chat and if you're lucky, they might respond to you. But I think they're also getting integrated with Weverse in some wow. fashion in the near future. It's all just becoming like one giant K-pop oh, company. No. <laughs> I don't know what will happen in the next five years or so, but I feel like K-pop will only become even more of a monopoly than it already is, given the power of certain groups and companies. $80 would be a lot for concert same with like 50 i guess like for artists who do like stadium tours the like entry level ticket is more expensive bts's concerts are very expensive i think the lowest is like a hundred dollars or something and that gets you a seat at the very very top very far away from the stage i would like to see them in concert and it brings me anxiety constantly at thinking about how i'm gonna try to attain tickets because i'm probably gonna have to buy them on the resale market because they're gonna go in like half a second Oh yeah, those go for like $800. Yeah. <laughs> I find it weird because it kind of goes against BTS's message as a group is like healing music for everyone, but then their content is now like not for everyone. But yeah, I don't know, that whole love yourself campaign has been interesting to me. BTS got invited to talk at the UN and RM did a little Wh speech about why. Who knows? That's a good why? question. <laughs> They have this campaign with UNICEF, and I don't really know what it does. It was end violence. Hashtag end violence. Oh, okay. Well, that's respectable. But the whole notion of loving yourself feels very like a liberal talking point. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's not work to change any systems. But as long as you love yourself, it's fine. The outside world is bleak, but you're great just the way you are. It's always about finding confidence in yourself as opposed to changing systems that serve to bring you down in the first place. If people were already decent, then we wouldn't need to love ourselves. Yeah. We would just be chilling out. <laughs> That's what makes it so radical. Loving yourself in a society <laughs> that tells you otherwise. That's praxis. Loving yourself is a step up from one direction where they are like what makes you beautiful is that you don't know you're beautiful you know and preying <laughs> on people with insecurities this is the more evolved version i think bts are conflicted because they're so rich now yes if we were to change any systems it would mean bts losing their money yeah, it's very tricky. This is why I am opening up a program where I teach armies <laughs> about communism for free. So if any armies want to DM me, I'll give you a reading list. Can you be a communist and an army at the same time? <laughs> Listen, I'm trying. Okay? <laughs> no, but it's so hard though, because I don't think in 2021 you can talk about BTS without talking about the system they exist in. Like, you can't just talk about their artistry because it's dynamite now. Like, it's so intrinsically connected with capitalism. Yeah. Maybe at the beginning you could say the links were a little more tenuous. Like, oh, they still talk about going against people who push us down. But there's none of that anymore. And they've acknowledged that their messaging has evolved. But I think we're in agreement that it's maybe for the worse. <laughs> So maybe just do what I do and see them as like seven chill guys who just hang out and wear really expensive clothes. But 
don't look at them as idols. You should follow for their radical politics. But let me just say, if I were to convert any of BTS to communism, I feel like Yoongi would be the most likely to accept. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I meet Yoongi, I'll teach him about Marxism and he can dismantle K-pop from the inside. If only Yoongi had learned about Marxism before they became big. <laughs> I mean, I wish BTS all their success, but... I'm probably not going to be following them as religiously as I used to back in college. But I will say that I think the magic of BTS is that you find them when you need them the most. That's how it was for me, I think. I got into them when I was like going through a tough time in college, and then they really helped me get through that. And so I appreciate them for what they've done for me, but I think that phase is over for me. <laughs> but I wish them the best. Oh, I feel very similarly. I found them during COVID and Japan hasn't been vaccinating at all. So I'm still inside and I'm not having a great time. So watching BTS videos and listening to their music has been very comforting. And Stephanie's now a stan, so... Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, Stephanie, you have to come up with your bias record. I'm trying to think. I feel like it'll be easier to figure out the people I don't like. <laughs> No, you're not supposed to have people you don't like in BTS. You're supposed to like all you of them. You like them all, but you like one of them a bit more. I like this one a lot less. <laughs> Steph's an anti. Oh, no. Armies are, will come for you. I am ARMY. They can't come for me. <laughs> if you're a true ARMY and you stand what is called OT7, as in all the seven members on your twitter bio you can put the little tiny seven at the top so when you're on twitter armies can recognize each other <laughs> it's like the socialist rose <laughs> but this is way better <laughs> yeah so everyone go change your your twitter name to the power of seven and love yourself take a nap <laughs> eat an ice cream or something i don't know everyone stand bts become army if you're gym biased, DM me. <laughs> Don't dox us. Oh my god, we're gonna get doxed so hard. Okay, thanks for listening, friends. See you next episode. <laughs>